0: This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. Fire away. Good morning. You mean fire away? Don't you don't tell me when to fire away. Okay. Were you just because right, I, were you just about to do the uh, Good Morning
1: Vietnam or Good Morning whatever?
0: Well, you don't know because you didn't let me speak, but, uh, listen, I mean, I have been waiting. I've been waiting for this episode. These are the things that I'm watching this shit go on last night. I'm watching some of the things that are happening in the, in these playoffs and Oh my Lord, I could hardly even sleep last night. I was so irritated and everybody's talking about Milan Lucic. We're going to talk about the Flames and the Oilers series and Milan Lucic and him running the goaltender Smith. And I'm I'm just going to tell you, we'll give our opinion on that one. Well,
1: go for and it. I, Why don't you just start there?
0: No, because I want to tee up. Uh, there's a few more that need to be discussed. A few more stupid plays okay in the game of hockey and it's going to be very interesting to sit back and to see what you know the department of player safety is going to do you have to you, we have to talk about colorado okay and nazam kadri running i shouldn't say running he's um, i'll give we'll, we'll give our opinion on the nazam kadri you know six times suspended guy three times suspended in the playoffs but you know what he didn't mean to do that right Binnington the one of the hottest goaltenders in the NHL right now is out for the rest of the playoffs and no listen <laughs> Nazem he, he didn't mean to do that at all the one I want to talk about did you see the play with uh Hagel from Tampa Bay no you were texting a shot us about in the back this. of the pants Go to on. the Florida Panthers to the Florida Panthers player who it is it is without question the most dangerous play in all of hockey I'm talking at the youth level I'm talking at the juniors level I'm talking at the pro level there is one play in hockey that absolutely cannot be in this game because someone is going to get ex- seriously Is that what you were tweeting about the other night? I was I was so angry with this play and these refs they're the worst they're the worst goddamn refs in the league. Okay, listen, you lose your shit, okay? And I try and do the, you know, like, hey, let's calm down. They have you a You really do hard you like job. you like
1: to pull the refs out of a tough something. job gig. I Fucking don't know why brutal. you do it. Yeah.
0: Absolutely brutal. How you're gonna sit there and give one of the most dangerous plays in the game of hockey? You got a Florida Panthers guy who's first to the puck, who's three feet from the boards, four feet from the boards, and you've got Hagel give him a cross check from behind. That kid, that kid, was inches away from having a serious injury. It is unacceptable, absolutely unacceptable. What's even more unacceptable is the the refs in this league right now like what are they watching what are they watching that that is a two-minute penalty i don't even i don't even go i'm gonna go even beyond that you know who should get fired at the end of these playoffs it's fucking andrew Burnett sitting on the bench watching what everybody is watching And he has zero emotion. Could you imagine if that was John Cooper on Tampa Bay? When everything, how calm is John Cooper right now? How how calm is Johnny Boy? Sitting on the bench, lots of smiles, lots of communication. But when things do not go his way, and he does not like what he sees, you see the rage that comes out in John Cooper? Then all of a sudden, things change. Andrew Burnett I know you listen to After the Whistle podcast. <laughs> Give your head a goddamn shake and wake this friggin' team up.
1: I can't believe they're in that position they're in right now, to be honest with you. It's, it's crazy to think.
0: Well, they're playing like their coach. No, no pulse, no emotion. You've got a player of his own that he watched that literally got cross-checked from behind four feet from the boards and damn near killed himself. Okay. So do we f- explain a two minute penalty and he just shrugs his shoulders. John Cooper would have been up on the boards. He would have been up on the boards. Now they're not going to reverse the call. No, they're not going to reverse the call, but John Cooper and many, many, many coaches in this league would have lost it because they were, they would disagree and they would have set the standard and the tone for after that. It's, so
1: I, I I saw your I saw your tweet and I saw your text message to our group and I tried to find it I, I can't find it and Hagel cross checked was it
0: weger no, 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 it was a forward. I I will find the name. It it was it was awful. You know, we're going to sit here, we're going to talk about Nazim Kadri. We're going to talk about Milan yeah. Lucic. Both players were injured. The Hagel hit from behind it's 10 times worse than 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 both of the other two. Here's the problem. Well, the NHL makes decisions on whether a player is hurt or injured or not. Because if that kid would have left the game on a stretcher, which he was like 3 inches from that, then I'm going to tell you right now, he'd be suspended for the rest of the playoffs.
1: I got to be honest with you. I can't decisions. believe I can't believe that there, we haven't seen more injuries like that. With the, with just how how many of these players nowadays, they don't know how to hit. They just have no yeah. idea how to hit. They don't know how to receive hits near did the you, boards. They don't you know how to protect the themselves near the boards. Pardon?
0: Did you watch the Florida Panthers game? Maybe. Had- uh,
1: bits, and, bits and pieces of it. Yeah. It was, you, it was you watch not penalty, a good game. They,
0: did you watch the penalty they gave Hornquist? Did you watch the cross-checking penalty they gave Hornquist?
1: No. Was it not good? Petey? What happened,
0: PD? The refs suck. Well, I've been saying that for a I long time. I've been saying that for a long time. wish I could stand time. on stage with all of them in, at a big convention center and they're all listening to me. And I'm just going to be like, You suck. All you guys suck. The, it, it, is, it is terrible. We have the worst refing in all of the sports, all the major sports. It's a problem. It is a problem because these guys, I don't know. Um, Cause it wasn't like this years ago, even when I, even when I played, I'm listening to, I, I love reading um, Tim Peel and Tim Peel was one of the greatest referees, tough, tough nut, you know, said, said it the way it was. He, he was an awesome awesome ref i respected him he respected me he was he had respect for the players but you knew exactly the way he was going to call the game and he had there was no nonsense and i'm just sitting here and i'm i, I love to go on there because he gives his opinion on some of these things and he did it he did it last night uh you know after the cadre uh, situation
1: Yeah, he talked about, I I know he did. He talked about, uh, sorry, I'm reading some of the stuff here about that. And he just, he talked about Kadri being suspended multiple times in the playoffs. Six.
0: Yeah. Six times suspended. Three of them have been in the playoffs. And, you know, he, he, he went on to say the reason why Toronto basically shipped him out of town is because he can't control himself. He hurts the team. Well, this is another situation. If, if you do not think that there is motive when Nazem Kadri is driving hard to the net, whether there's contact with the defenseman that he was going hard with, he knows exactly where to fall. Do you understand? We all do. Now, we all do. If I was put in the same situation, I would probably somewhat do the same thing because that's kind of what we're taught, you know, you know, going through this process is the most important player on the entire team is your goaltender and you have to protect that goaltender, but you're also, if you can take a Liberty with a goaltender, you can do that. Like you have a four, nothing game in Calgary, Milan Lucic beats, you know, splits the D, which when the hell has that happened? How are you not holding this guy up and goes in? knowing he knows what exactly what he's going to try and do didn't run him over. He didn't run him right through the boards, but I'll tell you right now, he got a piece of them and it's Ryan Miller esque all over again. And it's not right. Well,
1: here, here's, here's the problem. I, I, you're going to erupt on me here. I, did you see what Daryl Sutter said about Lucic? and i want I want Absolutely. to stay on Kadri as well, but did you, yes. you you saw what Sutter said? Yes, so basically what he said was, if Lucic wanted to charge him, he said, imagine basically if Lucic charged him, and I'm watching the Kadri one right now, and I you know, and i i i'm <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. like do you think do you think Mike Smith sold that a little bit? Absolutely
0: not. Absolutely no. not. I watched Do you not think that Mike times? Smith
1: throughout this entire series, every time he gets grazed, he is like flopping.
0: Um I let let's be okay. honest.
1: Like, like there are goalies that get hit. Like, like who's a tough goalie in the NHL? Because I, I saw Smith get bumped. He's been getting bumped and he flops around. He's looking for calls. Like it's it's almost mm-hmm. distracting to his game. Okay. And and same with same with Markstrom, you know, he gets bumped, and and they're looking for calls, like, because you know why? Because the league, I believe, is trying to protect the goaltenders. I I, I and, and right and rightfully so. Well, well, yes and because no. Because now there, I have I a theory. Where, I have a theory where I you know I kind of feel like goalies should be fair game if you're coming out to play the puck. I mean, but hey, no, they shouldn't. Okay, fine, we can agree to disagree on that. We don't need to argue on a stupid stupid point about that. But I just I want to go on about this. You know, there, there's a point where I, I kind of feel like Kadri has um, corrected his game. You don't hear about as much shit. He's He's more on the score sheet now. He's a key player on that Colorado team. All right?
0: I don't believe that. I don't believe. He's still he, a loose cannon. What are you talking about? He's been suspended every goddamn year the last yeah, six but, years. He's yeah, been but suspended. I don't. Every I don't year. believe. I don't believe
1: he drove himself into Bennington. Like I don't. I don't believe he drove himself into Bennington.
0: <laughs> he just drove hard to the net and just accidentally. Well, he, was poking, right on he was poking. He was poking at a, He
1: was poking at a loose puck. Oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah. and you know what? And yeah. here's the other thing too. When are we going to start to blame the defensemen that throw the throw the defending player into their
0: own goalie? It, no, no, no. Kadri was behind the player. Kadri was behind the player. I literally just watched this play. I watched it literally 200 times. I watched them both 200 times. I, I just... You're going to tell, tell me that Nazem Kadri, who's been suspended six times, who's been suspended three times in the playoffs, and the way that he plays, he plays on the edge. He's a great player. I love him. I'm going to roast him because he should be spending for it. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'll take him on my team any day.
1: Well, that's a good 100,
0: 100,000 percent. Love the way Nazem Qadri plays. He has turned into a world class hockey player. He's really strong defensively. He's putting up points. He's physical. He's got a nasty streak to him. He's got everything. But listen, his all of that, that style that he plays, he plays on the edge. And if he wants to play really well, you've got to play that style. He's got a, a bit of a rat mentality in him. Well, I'm going to tell you, he w- did drive harder than net, but it's with reckless abandon. He did get, there was a bump between the, the defenseman and Kadri. It just so happens that Kadri ends up literally right on top of Bennington. And now Bennington is out of the, uh, out of the playoffs. He's done. He's done for the year. You don't think that Nazem Kadri knew exactly what he was doing. Do you not think that Milan Lucic knew in a 4 nothing game exactly what he was doing? There's think, motive to these things. I don't think, I don't think Lucic,
1: like, you're, you're, that's the part that's so amazing to me is that these Mike Smith's stronger than that. Like, Lucic didn't go and hit him, he didn't body check him. So
0: what? He put his hands on him. Big deal. I, I don't understand. He is a two. Oh, yeah, he, he and 30 on. pound guy, six foot three, who eat. There should have been no contact on that goaltender. Zero. Luchic saw everything in front of him. The game is for nothing in the third period. You're going to tell me that Milan Luchic. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Andrew. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Do you Uh, remember when the Boston Bruins played the Sabres and Ryan Miller, who is literally as skinny as a popsicle stick, goes out to play the puck because he's a great puck player. And Milan Lucic came in and accidentally hit Ryan Miller. Is that how it goes? Is that how that went? No, he didn't accidentally literally murder Ryan Miller. (laughs) Is that what happened?
1: That moment, yeah. single-handedly, okay. so now, we're in, this organization. now we're
0: in the playoffs. Now we're in playoffs. Now we're in the playoffs. For nothing. For nothing. The Flames are down. What do you think Milan Lucic wants to do? What do you think he wants to do? Come on, they're in. He it. wants to rile shit up. He, he wants, wants to, to rile he, up the birdcage. If you're going to win, you're going to pay it for it. That's exactly what he did, and if you do not think that Milan Lucic could have uh, put on the brakes, slowed himself down, Mike Smith comes out, plays the puck, and Milan Lucic veers into the corner and hits the defenseman or whatever. That's the play.
1: Okay, not, I, and I'll no, give I, you that. I'll, I'll give you that. But I mean, he like
0: let's be honest. Like what Sutter's saying is, if he charges him, he's dead. So if he it, charged it, him like he did Ryan Miller, you mean that?
1: yeah I, yes, yeah, I do yeah. I mean like if he exactly. if he actually ran Smith
0: into the boards,
1: Smith would have been badly hurt,
0: okay, and he would have been out literally for a 25 game suspension if he would have done that. Would you agree with that? Yeah he would have been out for a while okay, so now now what is the suspension for this is there's motive to this down for nothing third period. I, I didn't over. think I didn't think it was all that bad, but now okay. you're painting all well, the no, scenario. Now no no, no.
1: I, so you're, you're gonna, gonna paint tell the me the scenario,
0: that, and you know what, and you you have you have no, I'm a painting scenario. I need you to go back and I need you to look at the hit. I've seen it, I've watched it, okay. i watched it. Did you watch the angle of of uh, Smith's neck? Did you oh. watch the angle of his necks? That's why he got pulled out of the game, because the whiplash in which he got hit whipped his neck back. Helmet came off. Airmail. And then there's a massive scrum that ensues in a 4-0 spanking by the Oilers. Milan Lucic knew exactly what he was doing. Here's the thing. It's going to be interesting to see how the NHL views this. And I'm watching this i he's he gonna
1: have a he he puts have his hand he puts his hand on his hip he puts his hand on his hip because he knows he knows and then Smith turns around and throws himself into the boards I, 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 like what
0: I I, I I don't know what you're watching right i i'm I, I don't and know I don't what you're watching
1: i mean why would Lucic run him?
0: I'll go over There's it again. No, he Andrew. stops. He's... Playoffs. Playoffs. No way. Nothing. No way. Alan would... Lucic should not have touched this goaltender.
1: Yeah, he probably should. Is... He didn't need to go He's near done. him, but, I mean,
0: he didn't run him. I mean, come on. Come on. He hit come him on. hard enough in a vulnerable spot. Do you think these guys are – do you think that Smith – going back for the puck is looking to protect himself from a body check. There's no body checking, uh, goaltenders. Juan Luches knew exactly what he was doing. And he, obviously if he hits him, he's going to be out 10 games. He's going to be out the rest of the playoffs. (laughs) That's
1: why I don't think it's why I, you know, like I, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I mean, everybody wants this guy like, like hung up. It's not that I, bad. I, I absolutely it's, not,
0: think she, it, it's not that bad. You are absolutely crazy. You are absolutely. You're pushing <laughs> my buttons. Why can't we just agree on something? No, I listen too many times. No, why can't we agree on something? Are you goddamn kidding me? You're sitting on the bench right now, and you watch Milan Lucic do this. Are you going to be okay with this?
1: No, I, but I'm not on the bench right now. I am not. I'm sitting okay, here. But you're okay with fan watching totally, totally. You know on the fence as to who wins, I could make an argument as to why I want to see either team win, but I don't I don't know that Lucic should be suspended for that. I, I don't. Hmm. I, I just, I I don't. The Kadri one, I, I I can accept your Nazem Kadri um, argument more than I can accept the Lucic one. You know, like maybe, maybe, you know, maybe Kadri. And when I said he was... You know, the guy pushed on him, the defenseman kind of turned his hip into him and got him sideways. And I mean, it. you know, he makes contact with him as well. So, I mean, I can argue this either way, but in terms of the Luchich one, I don't see. I don't I don't I don't see how we can't maybe say that Mike Smith, you know, sold that a little bit. He's been, you know, even before that play in the game, I could say that he's sold. He's he's you know he's had a couple sale signs out on the front lawn. Sorry if that if if you disagree with that,
0: but you know, I, I term, so but strongly, I still think I still think the officiating sucks. How about that? I so strongly disagree with this. There is no question. You cannot have this. This is something that you just need to be aware of. That when a game's for for nothing and and you have another team that has a player on that team that is tougher than any player most players in the national hockey league are you gonna allow this player to go out and take liberties like there's snow i'm watching it again lucic has snow these stops
1: he hits them ah it's not a hit it actually I isn't. think no you know what you know what I think I think this, the the momentum of the stop causes him to f- kind of like cuz he has to he has to push him cuz he's going that fast why he's going at him I don't know but I don't think he's going there with the intent of burying him if he wanted to bury him he could have buried him
0: I think Mike Smith helped help help that I I could have buried him but that's not the point I, I can't the point help it was but to get a piece of him The point is to get a piece of them. Milan Lucic knows that if he goes and runs the goaltender, he's going to get suspended for five to ten games. He knows that. So he's going in knowing that he has all the time in the world to slow up, make the decision to where Mike Smith is going to make the play, and he's just going to veer into the corner and make his body check. But no, he chose... He made a decision to get a piece of the goaltender. Did he run him like uh, you know? Soder said uh, he of ran him there. And- no, no, you don't do that. That's why Imagine at the end Luch he goes, it, he goes, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. He's going to be suspended. He's gonna I don't be think suspended. he
1: should. I don't think he should be suspended. And and Charles here because uh, the show tweeted out about the hit. Like, do you think Lucic ran him or did Smith sell it? And he said his history doesn't help, but this was a hit from a, from the side, accentuated by Smith turning into him, and it looked like it didn't look like that hard of a hit. Looks bad from the helmet coming off, an awkward right leg knee angle on Smith. But any non goalie, that's barely a two, in my opinion. Then he goes, you know, fuck Lucic, though. And but. so
0: hold on, it any non goalie. What is yeah, that? Mean? Any any non-goal. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, okay. Explain that to me. Any non Any non-goal This is only a 2-minute penalty. Explain that to me, Andrew. Can't touch the goalie. I get it. I get it, but still. No, no, no. But it's it, not listen, it's not as listen, bad as everyone's making it. He didn't bad. run him. Okay? He didn't run him. And if it was a non-goalie, it would only be a 2-minute penalty. Okay? But the thing is he is a, he is a goalie. Okay, And you can't hit goaltenders. You can't touch goaltenders. It's in the rule books. And when you have a goaltender that goes out to play a puck, it's a 4 nothing game. It's in the third period. You have a meatball that gets on the ice to go and make a, I'd say, a hockey play, but it's going to be a controversial hockey play, setting the tone for the next game. This is where Milan Lucic is making a decision. He, he made a decision to pull up. He made a decision to pull up because he could he could have murdered uh, you know Mike Smith into the boards, but he didn't. He pulled up and he got a piece of him, and that's a that's basically setting the tone for the next game. The problem is you can't do it. You can't do that.
1: Better response than the Sabers back in two thousand eleven. No might it's have been 2000 even... maybe 2012 i can't remember that thing's going around too how about that though I, how about Milzy? i've just stayed around to uh let everybody know what a piece of shit i think lucid is
0: <laughs> he's got 50 pounds on me and uh i'm like yeah i i if i was ryan miller i'd be furious too but
1: so you don't want to hear my take. You don't really want to hear my take on the how I feel goaltenders should be in should be fair play a little bit, like when they come out of the crease, like depending on where they are. No interest in hearing that,
0: Because uh, I do not really, of- not really. Um, unless we want to have a rotation of having five uh, five goaltenders on a roster, you like that? Um, you saw the um, you saw we're talking about Lujic. We've talked about Kadri. I think Kadri's probably going to get something too. <laughs> Listen, I mean, these are choices that these players are making. Milan Lucic should be suspended because of the act. Nazem Kadri, his history is not on his side. Six suspensions in the National Hockey League, three of them are in the playoffs okay it when you have controversy continued controversy that follows around a player everywhere he goes then you have to take that into account if you have a certain player um that that falls into a goaltender after a hard drive to the net you look at history you look at the type of player it, player he is. Okay. If you have Jonathan Huberto driving the net and he falls into the goaltender, um, you would be sitting there saying, well, this has never really happened before. He doesn't, that's not the style of player he is. But when you have nazem kadri who has been doing this for years and years and years, he's been suspended multiple times. He's been suspended three times in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden now we're in year two 2000- thousand some and he, and he just knocked out one of the hottest goaltenders in the national hockey league. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to get looked at. It's got to get looked at because Nassim Kadri knows exactly what he's doing. Knows exactly what he's doing. Fell right on top of Bennington and Bennington hurt his knee. Now he's out for the rest of the playoffs. So that's going to get looked at. Is he out of the rest for the of the playoffs play- or this series? The rest of the playoffs. Well, he's done, the, the, he's the, done for the year. They said. Really, with what? The His knee. Probably tore, tore meniscus or, or uh, you know ACL MCL something. But he did you not see him get up? The trainer mm-hmm. comes onto the ice, and Jordan Bennington starts to move side to side, sliding on the ice, and right away he winced in pain because you know, the right knee that Nazem Kadri went hard into the net, knocked him out for the rest of the playoffs. And I'm going to tell you right now, Jordan Biddington is one of the hottest goaltenders in the National Hockey League. He's uh, he's played absolutely fantastic. So, tough decision there. I'll just, I'll, I'll see what happens. And um, I would imagine Nazem Kadri should probably get a one-game suspension for that. Uh, how Milan Luchich, I could see a two game suspension for his and I want I sent you please look I, saw at it. I saw it I saw it I appreciate it yeah you tell me you there tell wasn't me enough right you now. know what there wasn't enough focus put on this this is the most this is the most re- I have sat here what are we what are we 41 minutes I have sat here right now and talked about Milan Lucic and Nazem Kadri. and I'm going to tell you right now Haggle should be suspended for five games. For I agree. Play. It's
1: way worse than all. No, of I told,
0: them. I, I, I just sent it to you on your phone. So you make yeah. sure. And yeah, you can, I saw it. You can go back and forth. How dangerous is this play? How, so when, you, well, when you, when you describe it from Haggle
1: when you described it and you said it was like when Pat Kane broke his collarbone, collarbone. Um, I'm Is that how you described it? I, I think, or maybe I read that, but either uh, way, I did
0: not, I did not, uh, I, I didn't mention
1: Kane okay, well, anyway, the way you described it, and then I read something on on uh when I looked it up um I read something on and someone said just like when Patrick Kane broke his collarbone against Nashville all those years ago, these are the most dangerous hits.
0: these are the most dangerous hits in hockey by f- by far and 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 here's the thing this is the best thing about it. How how shitty this league is right now! I'm gonna tell you the hockey right now is 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 just marvelous. Like I mean I am every every game I sit down, I have been glued to these playoffs. I cannot believe how much talent and star studded you know players. Every like it is is incredible. Great goaltending. It's been physical. There's been some jam and some fight to all these series um what's going on with but the i'm going to tell you like i i mean did you did you think for a
1: second after the, is, after the first five minutes of the series did you think for a second that edmonton would ever be leading the series two to one
0: no i thought they were going to lose four straight so did I. they were going to lose four straight and i and and if you watch this series like i just i don't even i don't even connor mcdavid it is, is like um he doesn't come off the ice. He doesn't. He never looks like he's tired. He never looks like he's tired. He's not fatigued ever. He just looks like he could. He I'm wondering if he could play an entire game. Like literally, I mean, play 60 minutes and just like leave him on the ice for the entire game. I think he could do it. That's what it looks like. It looks like, you know, 25 minutes a night, whatever he plays. I'd have to look it up, but. Whatever he plays, it looks like it's not enough ice time. He's that good. I I just cannot believe how good he is. And then all of a sudden, you know, whether you love him or you hate him, Evander Kane has elevated the Edmonton Oilers to a status where They've got that jam power forward that scores goals. Okay. He keeps guys honest. He makes a lot of guys nervous in this league. A lot of guys nervous. He scored 22. Do You have his stats. Yes. I think he scored 22 goals in 43 games. And now he's got 10 goals in the playoffs. He's, he's just playing incredible. I mean, he's really played well, but. McDavid and Dreisaitl—they've ele- elevated their game to a, just another level. They're putting that team on their back. It's almost like the other lines go on the ice, and their focus is just not to get scored on. That's that's what it's all about. And then when McDavid's on the ice, he is playing against the best players in the world that are defending against him, and they can't stop him. They can't stop him. He's unstoppable.
1: You said it so perfectly, Evander Kane, whether you love him or you hate him. I mean, there are a lot of people that don't want to root for this guy, but, I mean, it is hard to ignore what he's doing. Like, this is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Like, there have been a lot of teams this year that have acquired some players that have really helped their teams and will change their franchises. Buffalo's one of them, you know, but they didn't make the playoffs. But then you go and you look at the Rangers you know they go and acquire Andrew Kopp, and he was just tearing it up when he first you know goes there and the but the Oilers took a serious risk like look at what happens when a player of a Vander Kane's talent is literally on his last legs and has to focus solely on hockey
0: i wonder like, how he is like his ability I wonder how his he ability
1: is, like, is really coming
0: out here cuz he I doesn't how have how a he choice. Is off the ice cuz he he right now has like a uh he has a status beside his name as probably the worst teammate in the game. At least until he got to
1: Edmonton, we don't know what it's like in Edmonton, but things seemed to be working out and things turned around when he got there.
0: Yes. But you know, he, he really struggled. He really struggled to be a good teammate in, in, in Winnipeg. And there, that was the reason why they moved him out. He was not well-liked or well-respected all from the players in in uh in Winnipeg you know when you've got your leaders guys like Dustin Bufflin and Andrew Ladd and the guys that ran the leadership group there they despised Evander Kane and it was his you know I I feel for Evander Kane because I think that he you know was not guided very well okay and uh he really burned some bridges in, 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 in Winnipeg. He gets traded to Buffalo and, you know, listen, I mean, I heard so many stories about him that, uh, you know, I could it make your head spin. It's just not, he's, he's an individual. He's only worried about Evander Kane. He is only worried about him. He is not a guy that you, if you're on a team and you have a lot of young guys that are like sponges, they're just looking, for guidance on and off the ice he's the last guy you want your environment he gets moved out to san jose you look at what happened in san jose you think that organization was happy with you know they paid him seven million dollars almost 50 million dollars for him to come because he's a great hockey player on the ice he is absolutely terrific but his off-ice issues you know, war on another organization in San Jose, and then they have to buy him out and move on from him because there's so much, there's so much baggage. And now all of a sudden he's, he's. I don't even think they bought like him out. Honestly, I think they just terminated his contract. Could be, it could be. Yeah. Um, And then he's, now he's, now he's, it's almost like we feel like he's on his last legs, right? In Edmonton, he gets an opportunity. He makes the choice. And I'll tell you, he he looks really, really good right now. He's skating very, but he looked like that before. He looked like that in Winnipeg. He looked like that in Buffalo. He looked like that in San Jose. So, so nothing has changed on the ice for Evander Kane. He still looks incredible. I'm just, I'm really curious. I I, I hope nothing more for a and he and he's you know what is he 30 years old i i'm I, I gonna call him a young guy but he's yeah so i just hope that he can kind of finish on a real high note in his career and and uh kind of learn from previous mistakes in life because we all make mistakes like every single one of us it's not like we're sitting there i'm sitting on a on a you know big fat white cloud it's you know I've made mistakes, and you kind of learn from those things, and you try and you know improve yourself, improve your life, and the people around you. And I hope that he can do that off the ice because I don't I don't look at Evander Kane and and think to myself, you know, I I want him to fail. I don't want him to fail. You know he he he's been misguided, and hopefully he can get things on track. And uh, you know I hope that that group in in Edmonton you know, the Connor McDavid and, 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 uh, you know, the players, the leadership group, you know, Duncan Keith, guys like that, hopefully they can, they can help guide Evander Kane and he's playing great right now. He he looks, he looks amazing. They kind of have a, yeah. they have a sneaky,
1: a sneaky veteran team. eh? I mean, you know, I mean, you have Mike Smith who's, you know, what is he 41? Is he 40 yeah. or 41 yeah, he's years gotta old? Be
0: 40, 41. Yeah.
1: You know, um, you know. Uh, say what you want. I mean, I know. You know, you need the leadership for him to rely on it. To, you know, hopefully to keep him, keep him uh, in in line. But um, Vander Kane has been around the league. You hope that he's learned from some of his mistakes. Uh, Cassian's a veteran. Uh, Tyson Berry, Zach Hyman, um,
0: Duncan Keith. I you think know, Zach Hyman um was a huge huge addition for for that team too he's another guy that i've heard is a tremendous human being he is a tremendous um you know guy in the dressing room just a really mature he's kind of uh you know He's like that guy that's very soothing to be around, you know. And uh, I heard a lot of great things about Zach Hyman. I know that the Toronto Maple Leafs did not want to lose him; they did not. They just financially could not keep him. And uh, you know, he's making a a good dollar uh, in Edmonton, but uh, Zach Hyman's definitely missed. And he had a great he had a pretty darn good year. I, I'm gonna, what would you rather have in Toronto? Goals? N- What would
1: you rather have in Toronto? Neylander? Zach Hyman. Neylander? I know exactly where you're going with this. Zach Hyman. What's Hyman making? Five million? Five, five. Five point five. What's Nylander making? Seven? Okay. Let me, let me,
0: let me, let me, um. Maybe more I than I knew seven? exactly the question. I knew exactly <laughs> where you're going. <laughs> I, with. I, I know you. And do. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna. I want you to think of this. Okay. I got to
1: look up Nylander's exact contract, but Nylander I know it's over makes seven. Six
0: point nine.
1: Okay, so seven.
0: Nine five. Like he's he's a seven million dollar guy. Zach Hyman makes five five. I would take Zach Hyman at seven million. And over a Nylander that's making five five. <laughs> Nylander is a more skilled hockey player. There's no question about it. He is world-class. His skill is absolutely insane. I would rather have a Zach Hyman in the way that he plays. He's still producing. You know, Zach Hyman had a great year this year. 27 goals and 54 points in 76 games. Now, I know Nylander had 80, and he had, I think, 35 goals. He had an incredible season. He is world class. He is, he's awesome. But I think, in, I think, in, uh, when you look at the Toronto, I just think they need more players like Zach Hyman. I know they had to let him go because they just couldn't financially, you know, figure it out and, and to, to work. But, uh, I'll tell you this. I don't know if you saw the uh, the recent signing. Toronto Maple Leafs sign uh, Mark Giordano for a two year deal. What a gift! What a friggin' gift, man! Like again, a guy who's made stupid amount of money in his career. Good for uh, Giordano. The guys, the guy's a stud. I love, I love him. I think he's, I think he's an awesome player. He's exactly, and I mean exactly what Toronto needs. Like exactly what he needs. He is a, he is a veteran. He's a leader. He's been a captain for, for multiple teams. Um, and he's an old, uh, he's an old buck, but, uh, I'll tell you, they are, they are very, very pleased to get Mark Giordano signed, sealed and delivered on the most ridiculous contract ever. Do you
1: know what his stats were in 20 games with Toronto? Are you looking at them, or do you know? I
0: haven't seen them yet, but I'm. I know that. Okay. So I, in
1: 55 I, games with Seattle, he had uh, 23 points. And the year before that with Calgary, he in 56 games he had 26 points. 26 points. Okay. Oh, so, so he played 20 games with the Leafs. I'll say 15 points. So he had 12 points. Okay. So that's a forty-eight point pace. That's a pretty. That's a pretty unbelievable pickup right there. And then you're, he's going to be able to do that next year. He's going to be able to do that for the next. Couple. I bet you he gets. I bet you he gets forty-five
0: points next year, playing for the Leafs no, at eight hundred k. No, no, he, no, he won't. No. Okay, forty. Uh, Mark Giordano right now is uh, thirty. He's thirty-eight. He's going to be turning thirty-nine. Um, I do believe uh, mark has has game left in him it 's not like he 's dropped off the face of the earth and he 's not skating well and moving well I think he he 's got definitely game left in him but he 's going to be used in a in, in more situational play like Mark Giridano you know for years and years when he played for Calgary and he was winning I think he won the norris right in 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 uh, 18, um he was playing big minutes he was a big big minute uh eater on on the back end and i think now you don't need to play him 25 minutes a night because you have your you know you have your riley um you have your tj brody you have a mark girardano that will now probably be playing you know, the 20 minute a night, maybe even a little bit less because you're going to have situational players. Um, you know, they have some younger players in their in their lineup that uh, uh, Rasmus Sandine who is a really, really talented uh, defenseman. You know, Timothy uh, Lilligren is another guy that is up and coming that's going to need some minutes to continue to get better. They still have Lilia Labushkin, which I think the Sabers should be uh, making a little door knock across the the across the the border. No, oh,
1: they should, like, but he's not. He's not leaving Toronto. I mean, he's going to see himself as a key piece there.
0: He's staying. They don't have money to to make him a key piece. That's the well, they're going to have
1: to make room. I mean, they just got Giordano for eight hundred. They'll trade. They're going to get rid. Okay, of but Nylander. you have to pay. Trust. Mark my words. Mark my words. Bill Nealander. Will not play for the Leafs next year. Who else are they going to get rid of? You need Kerfoot. You need to keep those guys. You like, you, you know, like,
0: who are you getting rid of? It's who not are you getting gonna... Kerfoot? It's, it's, um, uh, Mikhailov. It's the William Mikhailov well, right he... now is a 27 year old player. He's an unrestricted free agent and he absolutely is a must sign. But yeah, it's going to cost you. So you're going to get rid of Nylander. you you're, no, you're, well, you're... I think, I think that they're going to make a decision to possibly move on from a Jake Muzzin, okay? And the reason why I say Jake Muzzin is Jake Muzzin has two more years. He still has game left in him, that's for sure. But he has two years at 6. 5.625 you think okay. they're going to move on from Jake Muzzin? Yes, because now that you have Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, you have Mark Giordano, you have Justin Hall, you have Lily Labushkin, you have Rasmus Sandin, Ilya. Timothy Lilligran. Ilya. So th- they have some really, really good defensemen. And what I think is Jake Muzzin is going to be a guy that they move out. They're going to move out that 5.625, and that's going to help get a... Ilya Mikhailov signed. Actually, you can move out Muzzin
1: and Nylander, and now you're going to free up some
0: big money, almost $13 million in salary cap space. Matthews, Mitch Marner are your absolute cornerstones of your of your franchise. I said, what is it, a week and a half ago, I said I would be trying to move John Tavares. John Tavares had an unbelievable year this year. 76 points. I think he had 27 goals. He played exceptionally well. Um, would I try and move him if I could? Yeah, but it's, he's not moving. He's not going anywhere. I think William Nylander is absolutely world-class. Like, I mean, a monster. Here's the thing. William Nylander, is a is is a is a massive piece that you could move for maybe not a player that's going to be as skilled as him because quite frankly there's not many players in the league that are as skilled as William Nylander. Like I don't he think is you want and, to bring
1: back. I don't think you want to bring back players. I think you want to bring back picks and or young oh, prospects.
0: No, 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 they're in win now, man.
1: Well, I know, but they got to sign some guys and you know, they're going to be able to, they'll be, they'll be able to land somebody at free agency if they want to like, what? they don't
0: have money. Well, that's that's why you need to get,
1: that's why you can't bring money back for him. That's why you can't bring money back for Muzzin. Well, it's not,
0: you're not going to be, you're not going to be trading William Nylander. That's making $7 million and and acquiring a player that's $7 million. You're probably going to, you're probably going to maybe even acquire uh, two players and two players that are going to be highly useful for your, your lineup immediately. There's going to be teams right now that would love nothing more than to get their hands on. Well, how New much Nielander. do you think
1: Makayev and and uh, Labushkin are going to get? Like where, like where is this money coming from? If you bring money back in, if you bring two players at five well, how million, much think,
0: not- how much do you think Makayev is worth? Do you have any idea? Uh, I have. You so know, honest, this year he had 21 be goals. Okay, he had 21 goals, and I would absolutely resign this. Player. How many games did he play? He had 53 games played. Okay so that's so that that changes he had 21 goals and he had 32 points plus 16 in 53 games 53 games here's okay. the thing i want you to i want you to think about 2 years ago going back 2 years he played 39 games this is his first year in the, when he when he when he was brought in 39 games 8 goals 23 points yeah, it was Babcock. So Babcock, loved him. Like a, Babcock yeah, on, loved him. Played the piss out of him. Uh, it was it was unbelievable.
1: And then he slit his wrist. He got a skate across his wrist, if I'm not mistaken, and he slit uh, yes. the tendon. And he had surgery. He missed a long time.
0: Yes. So he had a pretty solid year in, in an 80 game schedule. You're looking at a a uh, 45 to 50 point player in his first year in the league. I was going to say he,
1: five million. What's he? Is he? He's not. He our, followed
0: it up with a 54 game. Seven goals, 17 points. So he really dropped in his, in his production. And then this last year, he had 53 games, 21 goals, 32 points plus 16. He's a great player, but he's only been in the league three years. And he's only had, he's had some good seasons, but they're certainly not elite. So I would be looking at trying to sign him for $3.5 Yeah, but you're looking at just his stats. Doesn't he do more than that?
1: Like, does he – is he not – I mean, I watched a lot well, of Leafs games. He's played
0: 19 – he's played 19 games, okay, in the NHL. He's played 19 games in the NHL in the playoffs. This is – so he's played three years. He has two goals and four points. It's not like he's – it's not like he's, you know, lighting things up. He's not – He. he's – He's a solid hockey player. He's really good. I would want to sign him, but I'm not paying him. Who was he playing with? Angval and uh, Angval. Oh, Engval was. I mean, there was a lot of uh, rolling the dice uh, with uh, you know, you know. Mikhailov was playing. I think sometimes with um, Johnny T. and and Nylander, and then there was other times he dropped down and he was playing on the third line. He's more of a third line player I think he has the ability to play a second line but he's a third line player and he's a really solid player he's a big kid he skates very well he's hungry I like him but Toronto Maple Leafs cannot break the bank for this kid so
1: the la- daily faceoffs last listing of him was on he was pl- they had him with Tavares and Kerfoot but I always I I do recall I always, he was flip-flopping with Nylander there if I'm not mistaken right but on and he, that and he would play with Conf and, and Engval as who well was
0: who was uh, uh, Nielander playing with?
1: Uh, well, he Neilander was Matthews flip-flop. Marner. No, no, Bunting Matthews Mar, uh, Matthews and Marner, and then it was Makiyev Tavares Kerfoot, Neilander uh, Angval, and then Spezik, Blackwell and and Kosh, Kosh I call him Case. Yeah. I don't care, Case. You know who I'm talking about? Yep. So the other thing I wanted to discuss with you was we were going to talk about it last week. And we never got to it. Was the um, okay? The Kachuk Brady Kachuk and everybody thinking that Ottawa fans should have an issue with Brady Kachuk in Calgary celebrating, you know, his brother's playoffs and stuff like that. I, I I don't I don't get this train of thought, and I know there's a lot of people that feel this way. So it doesn't have to. It's not like it's an original thought, but uh, you know, I just I said to you, I said, you know, um, if this is how he is watching his brother play in the playoffs. Imagine how he's going to be playing in the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? And the energy he's going to, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have the issue with this. Although I can see why the question comes up because hockey players and hockey in general are super anal about, only supporting your team, you know what I mean? Like, how could you wear another team's colors? Blah blah blah, you know what I mean? And cheer, like, for do you those. feel that way though? Like, do you I, feel no, that way? No, if, if no, I'll tell you, if he was born in Calgary and he's back home rooting for the Flames just because, then that's that's a bit of an issue. That's where you say cut the cord, but I mean, it's his brother. I, I don't blame him one bit. I don't blame him one bit. It's not like they're. It's not either division rivals or anything. It's not the Leafs. I mean, it's not Montreal. It's Calgary. I mean, it's the other. It's the other conference.
0: It gives a shit. What are we talking? I think about? it's. I think it's absolutely amazing. And not only, not only is, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes if you have a you know high like you know Brady Kachuk is a high profile person in the hockey world. The Kachuk family is a massive high-end hockey. You know, you have Keith Kachuk, Big Walt, sitting in the stands. A little side note, his son Matthew scores a hat-trick. The daughter is looking at uh keith kachuk the dad saying throw your hat on the ice and he's like no way i'm keeping my uh calgary flames white hat." so i'm like i thought that that was hilarious the daughter is kind of like going dad throw your hat on the ice and he's saying nope but what i what i loved about this is you have brady kachuk who plays and is the captain and is a star in this league mm-hmm. sitting in the stands yes. with the common folk, and he's walking up the stairs with two beers in his back pockets, and he's got one in his hand. <laughs> Just laughing like, I think I want to hang out with this guy. Oh, I'd
1: love to hang out with this guy. He's the same guy that when, when they were doing the all the kids They were interviewing them after Well, who they called when they made the team. And the one guy goes, "Uh, I called my, you know, guys like called my parents, called my brother, called, you know, this person, that person, this guy's like called my girlfriend and Brady Kachuk goes, "Mm, do do you, do you remember that? You, do you recall that, uh, that, that image of him when he just kind of gives the guy the stink eye? Like, what did you just say? But anyway, Oh it
0: it's the it's the greatest clip in NHL history.
1: Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Um but it humanizes him. It humanizes the the athlete that 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 star athlete by him just sitting in, in
0: the NHL the league should be loving this. They should yeah. be loving this because and I'm it, sure they do because it's respectful. You know the key, the the Kachuk the family has been um you know like obviously uh what was it uh, Keith Kachuk was drafted what overall 5 No Keith
1: was okay I'm going off memory here Keith was 18 I think Oh wow he's just he's brutal Matthew was 5 or 6 Okay yeah and, and Brady was 4 was 3 or but four, I'm okay I'm going to double check that cuz I know Brady
0: was the highest drafted of the three of them Okay Yeah I mean wow some special uh, hockey jeans there, you know, and uh, you know, they're, they're great for the game because they're, they, they play a style that uh, a lot of people love. They play that physical nasty style, but they're also super talented and, and leaders of their teams. And uh, I thought it was awesome. I literally was giggling out loud when they're showing Brady Kachuk walk up the stairs to get to his seats, to sit in the crowd and uh, he's got two beers in his back pocket and he's got one in his hand. And I'm like, so holy jumping. Keith
1: Kachuk went 19th overall. 19th. Matthew Kachuk went 6th overall and we know Brady went 4th overall. Do you know who went 1st overall that year?
0: In, in which draft? 2018. Connor McDavid. <laughs> no? No. Oh. okay
1: maybe not uh no. okay give me another shot you watch him on a nightly basis oh doline oh, doline that's a pretty good draft you have doline Svechnikov, Kokoniemi and brady kachuk at four and brady kachuk very easily could have gone number two or even number one just saying quinn hughes number seven zadina number six this is going to be a very interesting draft year to see how this one pans out over time. Um, so yeah, no, it was it was just that uh Brady Kachuk conversation that I, I I know that we overlooked and I'm I'm sitting there and like the whole hockey world's talking about it and I don't understand I don't understand what the big deal is. You know, and I to me it was it's an absolute no-brainer. It's a no-brainer for him to be doing that. So on that note, I'll end with this because it's been coming up a lot today. I wasn't on the team when it happened. I don't think you were, but we've talked about when Lucic ran Miller. That moment, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, was the beginning of the spiral of this team. I, 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 I can't remember exactly in order what happened after that, but, I mean, it just seemed like that was the start of the unraveling uh, with the organization, you know, because I think I think at that point, when, when you, you hit that point, isn't that the point where everyone just kind of looks and thinks, man, everyone's just kind of had enough if no one's doing anything about that? Like, that was, to me, I remember watching that, I'm not going to get into the whole story as to when I saw it and why I saw it the next game. Cause I actually missed it. And then, you know, cause Miller was playing and then he left and then he came back and then he left again, I think. And if I'm re- recalling correctly and I, j- you know, I think he, I, I can't remember the whole, uh, all the events, but my, the point is I didn't see it until the next morning. And I just, it's I, so bad. Too I remember you- I, I was so angry when I was watching the res- response from the team, I was so angry. Like, I mean, I was, I, I wasn't even on the team and, but I wasn't far enough removed yet for that. I didn't still care. You know what I mean? Like I, I still was like emotional about hockey for some reason, like feeling like I, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I, 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 I just, I don't know what it was, but I, I, I was so angry after that and I, I'll never forget it. And I, 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 now I would see things completely differently, as I do obviously when we talked about Luchich before. But that 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 hit—I saw it the next morning, and I just the response, Riv, was
0: oh, I, yeah. I, but like I hate to say it, but it it it's like. Um... The guys that were on the ice, like, you know, Thomas Vanek is, is not that type of player and Jason Pominville and Reggie sakara like these guys, I don't think any of them had a fight in their entire NHL career. And, and they were I talking think a, thousands of games. And I think so, I said that, I think everybody was shitting on, everybody was shitting on Paul Gostad too. Paul Gostad was in front of the net. He was the last person out of the zone. What do you want him to do? Like, what do you want him to do?
1: It wasn't necessarily, I could live with that. When, when knowing the personnel that was on the ice, I could live with that. But, at, but okay. the remainder of the game is where I think you can get your redemption for that. And it shows that, so when nothing happens after, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it, it, it was a telling
0: tale. Didn't have to be. Either, Who was on the I team at the time? Who was on the team at the time? Who was on the team at that particular time that would have addressed something with uh, you know Sean Thornton, Milan Lucic, um, Zdena Chara, McQuaid? These are all super. They're all heavyweights. What are, what are we going to do? Send out Patty Coletta to go and get his head punched in? Like. Listen, I mean, this is on the Sabres, on the Sabres. Like, you know, you go and release guys, you go and release guys and don't sign guys and don't put certain type of players in your lineup knowing that these things do happen in the league at hey, that time. It's amazing you say that because I remember my first
1: thought was, I don't remember Lucic ever doing that when <laughs> when me and Mersey were in the lineup. You know no, when it was when it was Peters, Coletta, and Mayor in Boston. Listen, Sean, I remember one. Game. Sean Thornton was as honest as they came. Yep. Jara played a hard game, but I mean, our Boston games never got out of control because
0: we were in well, control. They did, they did, and I tell you, there, there was a game where um, we were winning in um, our building, winning in the key bank, and uh, I can't remember what happened. I think it was Paul Gostad went and smoked Zadena Chara, and Zadena Chara was seeing red. like he was ready to go off. But guess who was on the ice? Myself, and uh, uh, Chief, Co- uh, Cody McCormick, and li- I can still remember turning and going gosh what did you just do and the, the 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 grizzly bear was ready to lose his mind and i came skating across you had chief coming skating across and i literally dove at um zedana charles legs i'm like i'll take the legs you had you had chief was taking the waist and we took down the giant <laughs> we had we were on the giant. It was unbelievable. Oh, but I'm going to tell you, we're not doing it by ourselves. You don't do things like that by yourself. You need a committee and you needed guys that wanted to do it and knew the game. And, uh, you know, things like that were not happening when you were in the lineup, when Mersey was there, when Cody McCormick was there. You know, I was not a tough guy, but I, I would certainly do whatever I could to help out the boys, you know, and, uh, they didn't have that. Like I'm looking up the, you know, the 2011, you know, hockey team for the Bruins. And, you know, I just don't, I don't, I don't think that the Sabres had any real toughness in their lineup. And listen, I mean, Ryan Miller can bitch and complain about, you know, no one reacting to it he can't. No, I don't think he complained like, about no one reacting. No, no, no he it. wasn't. He wasn't. No, he was not complaining about people reacting. He was upset at Milan Lucic, but guess what? Milan Lucic didn't care because he was a top. He was a top, what, 10, top 15 best fighter in the game. And no, on he top was of that, you, you, I, had, you had a top three best fighter in the game in Chara, and then you had uh, McQuaid. McQuaid was got to be in the top 25. Then you had Sean Thornton, who's sitting there on the bench, just kind of laughing and giggling, going, I don't even have to fight. And, you know, it's you have to you have to have a certain amount of, uh, you know, toughness in your lineup in certain games. So you don't get taken liberties. When we were talking about uh, Chara, it made me remember a time. Did you ever
1: have a coach ever yell at a player? You ever had players yell at coaches? Do you ever get in an argument with a, a coach from the ice on another team? Do you ever have words with a coach from from on another uh, bench or whatever? Is that over the line? No. No. Well, well number is, one, because, well, actually, well, funny listen, enough, it's Gallant, not over the land. went at D'Angelo. I can't remember what that, what he was saying exactly, but Galant went at D'Angelo uh, yesterday. Was it yesterday? or the, I think it was yesterday. And he went, so he went at him. And what well, your story talking about Chara, I, It made me think about Lindy Ruff. I remember when Lindy Ruff yelled something, it was just subtle and, and quick witted and hilarious that he yelled at Chara. But I just didn't know if you had any, but I, when you were bringing up um uh chara i just remember chara was getting angry one night or yelling something at our bench and lindy just looked at him and goes, shut up and get back in your cage <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
1: I, was, I mean i'm just like oh my god and then you had vanik on here talking the other day just about how much he hated playing against him like you know he's just he was brutal i mean he was brutal I was on I was sitting near the door at the blue line on the visitors bench in TD Garden back in 2010-11. Zdeno Chara wound up with a first slap shot and and David Clarkson turned and took it right off the side of his ankle. Broke his ankle in multiple places. I can't like I don't remember exactly. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, I heard it shatter." But the sound of this puck hitting his skate like Clarkey was at the top of the circle killing a penalty and Chara winds up. I think it was a penalty kill but Chara winds up and Clarkson gets to the top of the circle and kind of turns his body to, to get you know he didn't go down but he stayed on his feet and he took it right in the ankle. I think he had surgery the next
0: day. Yeah. Um, there were three guys in the league. There was three players in the league. I don't want to. I don't even want to say this because one of my one of my kids on my hockey team are gonna say, "Coach, you didn't." I would not want to block a shot from Al McGinnis, Shea Weber, Zdeno Chara, and there's one guy that I played with, Sheldon Surrey who had. I mean, these four guys in NHL, it, I mean, I'm okay with jumping out of the way because you're going to, like, I mean, you're going to get seriously injured. Like you're going to crush how many, how many broken feet did those guys break over the years? Those four guys alone in their, in their long, long careers, how many of those guys broke a foot with their shots? Tons, multiple, 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 multiple multiple guys right now well after so much the to the point where guys
1: now are wearing all the, every player wears those skate uh those skate guards yeah the, the shot McKee, blockers.
0: uh shot blockers yeah i wish i could have done that i i and the funny thing is even to even to this day and it kind of depends on the day i don't understand why it's like this but there'll be days um because i broke I took a lot of shots, you know, in the, in, in the seam of the foot, on the out of the outside of the foot, on the, on the top of the foot, where the tongue is. And I broke my foot quite a bit, but not enough to keep you out of the lineup, right? They're just little hairline fractures. And, you know, it's going to take four weeks, three weeks, four weeks for, for those to heal. And ultimately you just have to play through the pain. That's what it is. Or, you're, or you sit out. <sighs> okay. so and, But listen, I wake up today, 10 years removed from the game, and there's days that I'll start to walk, and it literally feels like my left foot is broken. Like I can't walk on it at all. The pain is zinging through the bones of my feet. But then the next day I'll wake up and it's, it's, it's gone.
1: I, 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 Oh, I have a funny story. I have a funny story about taking a shot in the foot. I know exactly what you're talking about. I took a Brian McCabe slap shot in Toronto. I went (laughs) and I hated blocking a shot. This was an accident. This got me right on the top of the laces. There's two parts to the story, but I'll tell you the other part. So I take the slap shot off. Like I'm telling you, my foot's broken. It's hundred percent broken. Okay. In Toronto's like one of the few uh, uh, arenas in, in the league that have x-ray machines. No x-ray. I don't take my skate off in between periods. I don't do anything. I don't want it to just swell up. Right. So no x-ray. I never even get an x-ray. I swear to God, my foot is as wide as my computer. I had to, I had to put my, my, I had to, practice through it and play through it i didn't say a word because i didn't want to come out of the lineup right like so i am taking tylenols i my foot is like my
0: laces rib were like that wide apart they're probably three inches wide apart like where you have to did you have to go to the rink and put your foot in your boot For like an hour before even, I had to put it in a bucket of ice for like forty minutes
1: before I could even first to number one numb it and number two try and then just tie it up as tight as you can and fight through it and it's almost like the skin and the swelling is bubbling through the laces. That's how so swollen my foot was. Yeah. Anyway, fast forward three weeks. Okay, three weeks we're in Chicago. Teams on the power play, slap shot from the point. A double deflection hits Chris Drury on the outside of the foot. He limps to the bench. Tim Macri throws him over his shoulder right to the x-ray table in in Chicago. Me, I'm still sitting there with a a foot. I can barely even get inside my skate, not even offered an x-ray. And T-Mac's looking at my foot every day, and it's like, it's the size of my head, Okay. But I'm like, no, we're not, you know, whatever. No, (laughs) Chris Jury takes a double deflection. suck it up, Petey. (laughs) Yeah. Just goes to show where you fall on the the rating scale of paying for x-rays. Anyway, have a wonderful day. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Rave 52, at The Instigator 76.